This episode is brought to you by Odd Mo's Pizza in Canby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Canby, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. (laughs) I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. (laughs) With an old maid daughter that makes the best moonshine in the coast. (laughs) If it would have hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? Welcome to Now Hear This Canby Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Clausen, and this is what's happening this week in our community. Christmas came a couple of weeks late for Ken and Lori Aragati, owners of the Backstop Bar and Grill, as the Canby Planning Commission on January 9th approved the plans for their long-awaited expansion that would add a brewery, tap room, and Italian restaurant with a second floor rooftop bar and dining terrace to their existing building. The two-story, 11,230 square foot extension will replace the existing one-story building that formerly housed the offices of the Canby Herald, which the Aragatis purchased from Pamplin Media Group in 2019 and have been leasing while they planned the brewery project and other aspects of the expansion. It has long been Ken Aragati's dream to bring the town's first brewery to downtown Canby, and now it appears the dream is finally coming true. The planned expansion, which will also include a basement, workspace, and arcade on the second floor, is designed to mimic and complement the look and feel of the backstop's existing historic building. The new restaurant and bar will have its own entrance on North Grant Street with communicating doors on the interior to allow guests to move between the existing building and Backstop Brewing Taproom. The brewery will take up the lion's share of the first floor of the new expansion with the front third serving as a taproom. Aragati told commissioners that he has hired a brewer with more than 20 years of experience to lead the program, though he wasn't yet at liberty to share his name. The Italian restaurant and kitchen will be built into the second floor of the existing backstop building, replacing the Antonia Ballroom event space. The new Ristorante will be dubbed Aragati's, appropriate since he plans on using some of his own family recipes to build out the authentic Italian menu. My family is Italian. My grandmother was a phenomenal cook, Aragati told the planning commission. 
adding that they were also consulting with the family behind Silva's Italian restaurant, a former live diner theater in Northeast Portland that currently houses the flagship outpost of Laurelwood Brewing Company. Reach This Week, Argati told The Current, the project is currently on hold due to the sharp increase in small business administration loan rates caused by the Federal Reserve's interest rate hike in December. They plan to continue to lease the 2,780 square foot former Herald office building before the Backstop Brewery project can move forward, Aragati said. Built in 1912 for the Independent Order of Oddfellows in Canby, the calling card LOOF can still be seen on its exterior walls, doorknobs, and other places. The commercial style building boasts a stucco finish, a large, imposing facade, and a striking rooftop parapet. It has been home to a number of businesses, including Canby Hardware and Implement Company and Rexall Drugs before becoming the Backstop Bar and Grill. Its most recent renovation was in 2007. Nearly a half dozen stores, restaurants, and other businesses along Highway 99E and in downtown Canby were reportedly burglarized in a string of break-ins that occurred late Friday night or early Saturday morning, police confirmed. Captain Jose Gonzalez tells Now Hear This Canby that Canby police responded to a burglary call at Birch Street Animal Clinic shortly before 3 a.m. They were called to Vitamin Plaza in downtown Canby a couple of hours later where the glass front door was shattered and the cash register was stolen. Gonzalez said police also received a burglary call from Camila's and El Kiosco Deli in the shopping center near Canby High School and Canby Square and Thai Dish on North Ivy Street. Vitamin Plaza owner Stephanie Boyce said she was awakened by a phone call from police between 5 and 6 a.m. Saturday and arrived at her downtown store to find the front door smashed in. I'll be honest, I was angry, Boyce told us. And when I found out it was more than just me, I got even angrier. Because all these stores are small shops, all mom and pop. This is our community, and it's not okay. Boyce said the thieves broke her cash register to remove the drawer, which she estimated contained about $220 in cash. She said she has no clue as to who the perpetrator or perpetrators are, but believes neither she nor the other business owners were personally targeted. It did not feel at all personal, she said. It was an obvious smash and grab for cash. Boyce said she's already making arrangements for the repairs and will be making several changes to her store security to prevent future incidences. Anyone with information about this case is asked to please call the Canby Police Department non-emergency line at 503-655-8211.
One person was critically injured in another serious crash on Clackamas Highway 224 near Eagle Creek Sunday, the third such incident on that stretch of highway in less than three weeks. Clackamas Fire District crews responded to the scene of the two-vehicle head-on crash just before 6 a.m. Sunday. Officials said one person had to be extracted from a vehicle and was transported by Life Flight Air Ambulance to the local hospital in critical condition. The latest incident comes just nine days after another horrific crash resulting in critical injury between Barton and Eagle Creek on January 20th. It's also the third major crash since January 12th, when a Vancouver man was killed in a three-vehicle collision at the same location near the Goose Creek Bridge. We would caution drivers to drive defensively and give yourself enough time to get to where you need to go so that you're not in a hurry, Clackamas Fire Public Information Officer Isaac Hamilton said. Representative Lori Chavez-Dreamer of Oregon's 5th District announced this week that she had joined the Conservative Climate Caucus, a group of Republican lawmakers who say they want to advance climate policies consistent with conservative values. There's only one planet Earth, and it's our responsibility to leave it better than we found it so our children and grandchildren can live happy, healthy lives, Chavez-Dreamer said in a press release. From mountains and valleys to forests and lakes, Oregon is home to beautiful scenic landscape, and you can't find it anywhere else. It's our duty to protect it. Addressing climate change should not be a partisan issue. I'm excited to work with my colleagues on climate-friendly policies that protect our environment without over-regulating or restricting energy production. She joins Cliff Bentz, Oregon's other, and before Chavez Dreamer's election in November 2022 only Republican congressional representative as the state's only member of the caucus. The Conservative Climate Caucus recognizes that climate change is real and that global industrialization has contributed to it. But its statements of principles also recognizes that private sector innovation and significant investments in research and development have helped propel the U.S. to be the global leader in reducing emissions. To that end, the caucus will work to ensure other countries, including China, are doing their part to reduce emissions. The group believes practical solutions to climate change can be found through innovation embraced by the free market and that the U.S. and the world wants to access to cheaper, reliable, cleaner energy. The caucus's goal is to reduce emissions without restricting domestic energy production, taking an all-of-the-above approach to energy policy. Chavez Dreamer is also a member of the Agricultural Committee, which has jurisdiction over conservation policy, forestry, and other critical issues impacting Oregon and the 5th District.
DirectLink, Canby, and Mount Angel's local member-based cooperative provider of internet and telecommunication services is aiming to help users stay safe online with a new complimentary cybersecurity product from Cisco Umbrella Defense. The history of cybersecurity is as long as that of the internet itself, literally. When the Advanced Research Projects Agency Network, better known as ARPANET, the earliest precursor of what would become the internet, first came online in the 1970s, it wasn't long before people learned that it could be exploited. Fortunately, the first computer virus was not developed by a criminal or other bad actor, but by Bob Thomas, a computer engineer at the research and development company BBN. In 1971, he wrote a self-replicating piece of code designed to move between computers via ARPANET. He called his creation Creeper, and its only effect on the system it infected was to cause them to print the message, I'm the Creeper. Catch me if you can. Another programmer, Ray Tomlinson, would later gain fame for his development of email, accepted that challenge by writing the world's first antivirus software, Reaper, which was designed to chase and delete Creeper wherever it could be found. Not surprisingly, things have gotten a little more sophisticated since then, supercharged by the pandemic which saw cybercrime increase by more than 600% worldwide. The annual cost of such attacks is estimated to be $6 trillion per year, a figure equivalent to 1% of the global GDP. The majority of cyber attacks are targeted at small and mid-sized businesses, with more than two-thirds of small businesses in the United States reporting at least one incident between 2018 and 2020. The average organization sees 130 breaches per year. With cybercrime so prevalent and the stakes so high, it's little wonder that cybersecurity is a top priority for internet service providers like DirectLink. Cybersecurity has been an issue as long as people have been using personal computers, and DirectLink takes that very seriously, Director of Marketing Brian Strunk explained. All of our employees go through regular cybersecurity training because there are so many creative ways to exploit weaknesses in networks. Whether it's through social engineering, malware, spyware, randomware, or other threats as a service provider, these are all things that we deal with and work hard to educate our community about so that they can protect themselves as well. While DirectLink has regularly offered community classes on issues like cybersecurity and how to keep your data and systems safe online, Strunk says the company also wanted to give members tools with which to defend themselves. To that end, DirectLink last year invested in a new cybersecurity solution, Umbrella Defense, 
a complimentary all-inclusive service for every member with internet service. Umbrella Defense works behind the scenes without slowing down devices to stop subscribers from accidentally visiting known websites that may contain malware, phishing, ransomware, and other threats. In just one month shortly after implementation, Umbrella Defense prevented over 300,000 requests from nearly 4,500 different origins from reaching direct link members. Most of these blocked sites contained malware. This broad spectrum protection works on computers, smartphones, tablets, and other connected devices and is automatically operational for all users in a location where a direct link internet service is activated, including those using the free Wi-Fi connections at the Canby Parks. More information about cybersecurity and the ways that DirectLink works to keep its members and their information secure is available on the cooperative's website at directlink.coop. stock, a time for self-reflection, a time for change, at least for most of us, but not for direct link. You see, while many New Year's resolutions tend to revolve around change, direct links is to stay the same and to continue to provide the same exceptional member experience and quality reliable service that they've been providing for nearly 120 years. In fact, in 2021 and again in 2022, over 92% of DirectLink subscribers said they would recommend our local communications cooperative services to someone else. That's pretty impressive compared to other internet providers on the West Coast, which average just 70% in customer satisfaction rating. Today, more than 8 out of every 10 DirectLink members have been converted to a fiber connection, the most advanced method of internet data delivery available. This technology positions Canby for the future and supports lightning fast download and supersonic upload speeds, low latency for online gaming, bandwidth for multiple video streams, and crystal clear voice calls. For more information or to subscribe to our local communications cooperative services, visit www.directlink.coop internet or give them a call at 503 Two six six eight one one one. conversation today for a special Valentine's Day themed uh, interview. We are so delighted to be talking with Vern and Darling Hopper out here in Hope Village. Hi guys, welcome. Hi. How are you? Okay. <laughs> you guys have been married for 70 years, coming up on 71, is that right? That's correct. Do you think that you're the longest married couple in Canby? Do you know of anyone longer? 
I doubt if we're the <laughs> longest. I don't know. There's two others that just met 70 here at the village, but we're a few months ahead of it. Okay, so you're still the, the longest uh, tenured here at Hope Village. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. How did you guys meet? Well, that's a long story. <laughs> that's what we figured. <laughs> he was raised in Montana, and yeah. I'm a native Oregonian. Oh. Uh, Montana. Yeah, and I, uh, it, at the end of World War II, it was hard for a teenager to get a job. And I had an Sounds uncle, familiar. I had an uncle that lived down the road from her, and he got me a job on a dairy farm hmm. out of Monitor. And one day he helped uh, her dad haul grain doing harvest. <clears throat> he was going up there and he says, well, just well go up there with me. And I went up there and here's this uh, blonde, blue-eyed gal that was, wow, she's a pretty good looker. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, yeah, we went to different schools and in the summer then when I was working on that farm, <clears throat> she'd get me a, a date with her girlfriends because she was going with somebody. Hmm. And then one time she didn't have a date, and I didn't have a date, and they says, we just as well go out. And that started it. (laughs) (laughs) Dar, what did you think? Do you remember when you first met Vern here? Oh, yeah, that was way back in uh, when I was still in high school. But uh, we each went on to college for a year. Most of our friends, or I shouldn't say most of them, many of our friends were married right out of high school. But we did each uh, do a year of college, but then were, we just... Were you dating? You were seeing each other at the time, or just Well, friends? we really yeah, weren't dating yeah, during yeah. that time. The, the, later because on... Because I had another boyfriend yeah, in college. But, he liked to dance. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then we, we got together, and she was going to Oregon State, and I was going to college in California, <clears throat> and it was 645 miles and 13 hours driving time between the two campuses. Yeah. And that didn't work. And you didn't have Zoom back then. No, <laughs> that was the old crooked highway. So we had to rectify that. And I got down on one knee and said, would you marry me? And she accepted. Oh, how about that? <laughs> yeah, on my 19th birthday, <laughs> I think it was. Wow. And then, of course, right shortly after we were married, then he was drafted. Hmm. So uh, anyway, in Korea. Korea. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And of course, I thought I'd stay with my folks. Uh, uh, we, I grew up on the Barlow Road. Mm. Went to Oak Lawn School. A lot of people mm. don't even know what Oak Lawn is. Yeah, yeah I've heard of it. <laughs> a little uh, country school, yeah. one room, all yeah. eight grades. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, then uh, we decided we didn't like to be apart. And yeah. of course, they didn't pay me anything, you know, $25 a month, didn't I get? Or is that what you got? I got 25 you got 65 Oh, okay. <laughs> but I was fortunate. I was a stenographer. I mean, I took, a, I wanted for, to be a court. teacher for, uh, you know, shorthand and typing yeah. and commercial. And so then I was able to get to, uh, well, I worked for the state then before we left as a stenographer. But then I was able to get on at the quartermaster corps down at, at uh, Camp Roberts. So okay. I was 
we were able to survive. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> able to be together. So you went to base and training and all that with him? No, she worked for quartermaster on the base gotcha. she got, because she had the skills to get that job. And Wonderful. I ended up as an operations NCO, so okay. we got to live later on after we got to live off base. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you stayed stateside for your stayed service? Stayed stateside because the education I had, they put me in division faculty as yeah. an instructor. So. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. What was that like? Well, it was different. Yeah. You know, you had... You had they had to train the trainees. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. What did they think of your demand that uh, you had to take on your wife as uh, <laughs> find some work for her? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's that's what blew away his hearing. No. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. From being on base and and one of all five howitzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. And so, then mine's hereditary, so we're both can't hear well he does okay with the with the cochlear but, yeah uh, and i can't tell her i love her because she can't hear so i yell at her <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing just fine now um so how long were you in the military was it the army or army, army? Yeah, yeah yeah for two years i was in from 52 to 54. okay okay and then came back out here or what came back next? out here and Tried farming. I worked, tried farming, and then I went to work for the Department of Agriculture, and I worked for that for 31 years. After, after two years of uh, working with uh, with students, with officers, you decided, I'll try vegetables for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you do for ag? Well, I was a... a Director of two different field offices for the for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, mm. and in the last 15 years, I was in the state office for the Department of Agriculture. And fancy title, mm. I was the chief of the administrative division for the state. Wow, wow. it's essentially like a COO. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you work with Hops uh, very much with your last name being Hopper? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I was in the administrative end of it, not actually out in production, gotcha. but in the administrative end of for the Department of Agriculture. Yeah, you must have seen a lot of things change in that industry, oh. the technology and just oh, land yeah. use and all kinds of stuff. And all the technology. The and, economy. Economy. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> the, and the, uh, the crops like wheat when we were farming then. You got 30 bushel the acre. Now they're getting over 100 bushel the acre, mm. different varieties and fertilizers. Yeah, the yields. Just yeah, tremendous changes in the way things are doing now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, were you down then closer to, to Salem, or have you stayed pretty much in this area? Oh, well, yeah, she would grew up here, and of okay. course I lived here since, well, the folks would come out in 42, and then we moved out in 44 yeah. from, from Montana. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've been around here a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So while Vern was down at the office and checking yields, what were you up to, Eileen? <laughs> well, uh, talking Raising to three kids. <laughs> That'll do it. What did you say? <laughs> well, what you were up to. <laughs> well, I was going to tell him about, I mean, Bremer's, Bremer Corner out there. Yeah. That was, my uncle had a dairy, and our farm was a mile and a half mm. down uh, south of that. We were three miles north of Monitor. Mm. So I grew up, and I don't know, you might know my sister's Beverly Knutson. Did you know any of the Knutsons? There's a lot of I, I definitely recognize yeah, the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, any, anyway, uh, 
and my grandmother uh, was within a mile, so, and my mom's folks, so I had relatives all close, you know, we half were always a close family. Is, she's related to half the county. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few folks like that, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, like I said, I wanted to be a teacher, mm. and so I got uh, my job at uh, uh, at the state in Oregon as a stenographer and in with the quartermaster corps. Well, then we tried farming and of course we started having a family. So yeah. we have three sons mm. and six grandsons. Mm. And And then of course with his job, we were trying to count up the other day how many times we moved. Mm. Actually, we spent our kids pretty much grew up in the madras area mm. and so we've had you know all over the state but anyway then i started working at the schools when the kids got older and yeah. in fact is i ended up when we moved back to the valley i ended up working at canby high school as administrative secretary mm. and that's what i retired as in 888 wasn't yeah, it she graduated from canby high oh i graduated from canby high in 1949 wow. way back then wow. <laughs> lots of changes yeah mm. yeah and it's probably grown significantly mm. in the district oh has. yeah this yeah. Used to be just a little tiny community. You, you could drive that. all the way from where our farm in the town and might not even Had need a car. <laughs> and Barlow Road was only paved on one side, so everybody drove on the pavement. Uh -huh. So you had to be really careful not having you a wreck. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch out for tractors, probably. <laughs> um, so the high school then would have been the the original. Um, building yeah just that with the oh yeah had, like the white columns and everything yeah. it was original building the yeah. high school it was only, what did it look like back then yeah, it was original building how many was in your graduating class oh in a class i think we're 88 or something oh, like that <laughs> <laughs> there were four oh, that man. graduated in the eighth grade yeah. from, from the old line yeah but i think it was i think it. that's how big like in actual classes now like a science class might have 88 <laughs> and uh, and then that our class was a little smaller because North Marion. Yeah. Uh, some of the kids that went to Canby had to go to North Marion. Yeah. About that time right, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, you've lived in different places. Uh, you wound up back here, and kind of it seems like you kind of chose to come back to this area. Why? Well, my job brought me back. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but we had places. Yeah, close. but my job brought us back to Portland area. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Canby yeah. area. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, uh, then we tried to live at the coast for a while too, <laughs> but then, uh, with insurance and. And we had to come over here for so many doctor appointments. So then we decided maybe this was the time to change. And so we moved here in 2005. Okay, to Hope Village. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think of it? Well, for us, it's been great. But now over the years with the prices and the, yeah. all that, so... Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you have a lovely home, and this coffee is fantastic. <laughs> you better try my homemade cookies. I will. As soon as we're off the uh, recording here, I'm going to dig into those for sure. But we've gone through a lot. Everybody has. You yeah. know, there's been, 
you know, we went through floods and and uh, losing our little one and only granddaughter, but we now have a great granddaughter and two great grandsons. So wow. see, yeah. and and three wonderful daughters in love. So yeah. it just took a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What helped you through some of those challenging times that you guys have experienced together? What what what? What helped you through some of those? Oh, our times? commitment to the Lord, of course. Mm. Yeah, it's just, and we've always been a, as active as possible, and we've always uh, uh, been a, a members of church. I know that isn't always what you need, but you need to be a believer. Yeah. So that's got us through a lot of tough times so yeah. and still does yeah i bet yeah yeah um do you have a, a church that you go to or do you have yeah, a denomination we go community of hope in oh. Wilsonville. oh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah marriage encounter we yeah. did all that too help and well you probably know about the uh What's our kids camp? We've helped with Royal all those Family kids Royal camp. Family Kids Camp. Oh, Are you I, familiar with I that? I have heard of it, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, we helped with that till we got too old. <laughs> How long? <laughs> oh, over 10 years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wonderful. And it's still, they're still going to have camp in yeah. spite of all the, uh, this business with the pandemic, too. Yeah. I think they're going to be down at Canby Grove, probably. Yeah. I'm not sure this yeah. year if they are or not. Cool. But they have met down there yeah, too. Yeah. So special place in my heart for Canby Grove. That's where I met my wife. Mm -hmm. We were okay. both counselors there, and that's where we got ended up getting married as well. Mm -hmm. so. Good, good, good. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears? Even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle? Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't, like, animal-related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest-running, locally-owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. Um, so speaking of marriage, 70 years, what's your guys' secret? <laughs> uh, <laughs> commitment to each other hmm. and uh, commitment to follow, I guess, our marriage vows. We said, for better or worse, 
sickness or health or whatever. And we made a commitment to each other and the Lord that we would make it work. And we have, we have the faith and the trust in each other. And uh, it's just been- And our parents. Yeah, we had the right kind of upbringing. Our parents gave us a lot of heritage that way. And we, yeah, marriage, of course, you've got your up and downs. You have to have that commitment and love for each other, but you have to be able to forgive each other, too, when you have a disagreement, and that's that's going to happen, as you know. And even at his age, he's planning a mystery trip for me uh-huh. day after Thanksgiving. He after doesn't th- tell not, me where we're going. Thanksgiving, day after. I mean, oh, did I say? See, I've got some dimension. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, after after Valentine's Day. Okay, <laughs> keep the mystery romance going. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's going to tell me about that off off the podcast. I want to hear the secret. Okay, <laughs> and he brings me flowers. He surprised me. There's one of the bouquets he brought a week ago or Aww. so. So you never know. Yeah. And he teases me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we play cribbage too. Yeah. Yeah. We have a cribbage tournament going all the time. Just night. the two of you. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> who, who's, who's a better player? Can you tell me? Or I don't want to start a fight here. <laughs> what? I didn't who's the better player? <laughs> well, he's ahead right now, but Bye. overall, I think I'm ahead. Okay. okay. <laughs> Over the years, it's it's terrible. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but I got a five-game lead on her right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you got to take advantage of that. Uh, she says she has a little dementia at times you can take it oh no I won this one uh, <laughs> you, you didn't win that what are you talking about and we also did uh, square dance and, and round dance too for a number of years oh, square that's dance. a great thing yeah right not now. still don't still go out to the dance floor <clears throat> And yeah, we can't anymore. <laughs> she broke her neck three years ago. Oh so. yeah, after breaking my neck. Oh, mm-hmm. we got rid of our boat, and we got he got rid of his ATV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we just got each other. Mm-hmm. We're blessed. We've been so blessed to have both in our nineties and seventy years plus, and yeah. and we're active as much as we can be. Absolutely. And uh, it's just been a wonderful seventy years. That's yeah. all. Yeah. We've been blessed. And we do miss our RV, though. We, <laughs> after we retired, we ended up visiting Everstate. Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, we went to Mexico and Alaska and Hawaii, kind of in between. But no foreign country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the um, places that you remember or, or memories that stand out from that trip of, of uh, I'm sure you probably saw what Grand Canyon Mount Rushmore places like that yeah well we snowboard uh, snow <laughs> snowboarded oh. for about 20 years snowboarding is yeah, different yeah looking at the, at the <laughs> Olympics <laughs> yeah but anyway if you know what that is yeah, we, yeah. we spent a lot of winters down south yeah, yeah. and uh, all over been in all 50 states yeah and about half of Canada, mm-hmm. been to Newfoundland, and uh, we hosted in uh, ghost towns. We uh, hosted in uh, parks, national parks as hosts in the parks, mm-hmm. and we did that for several years. I think the outstanding was when we got to do the... Uh, uh, Inventory at Humble Training Post. Uh, Humble. 
and we did all the Anazazi baskets oh, and, cool. and the old Western things. And yeah. boy, that was quite a privilege. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, I've been married for um, a little over 10 years, and I feel like I'm still learning a lot and learning a lot about um, compromise. Do you feel like that's something that you guys noticed over the years that you had to learn to, to change or compromise in different ways? Well, you, you have a lot of that. Yeah. You, you have to compromise, and you have to have that compassion and and patience for each other too. Yeah. When you have to compromise, you know, where do you meet? In the middle, you go to her side or my side or whatever it is. Yeah. And we haven't. We decided a lot of things like before we got married: one checkbook, one account. Yeah. Uh, she had a church and I had a church. Decided to go to her church. That mm. was. We had lots of things that were decided before we got married. Yeah. And of course, we've had to decide a lot of things as we've gone along too yeah. so yeah but it's compromise it's it's got to be a deep love and a commitment to the lord and to each other in order to make 70 years otherwise you're not going to do yeah. it and he's the he's the organized one and everything has to be done like this and i'm more laid back so he's had to make adjustments, and I keep trying to make adjustments. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it one of these days. It's only been 70 years. Um, okay, so I'm getting uh, deep love for each other, commitment uh, to each other, to the Lord, Patience. and cribbage. <laughs> and patience. <laughs> and patience. Got it. Okay. Uh, any advice that you would give to younger couples, folks uh, maybe thinking about getting married or who are newlyweds? Uh, they need to discuss these issues yeah. beforehand. Yeah. And marriage is just not sex. Marriage is a commitment to each other. And I think a lot of these young people need to decide that. Hmm. You know, we just don't want the physical part of it. You have to have the spiritual part and the love for each other if, to, to make it work. Yeah. And all these young kids, they need to decide that, talk about that before they even think about getting married. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Darlene? Yeah, well, I go along with that. And we, out of their six grandsons, three are married, mm -hmm. and uh, one's engaged I keep saying come on I want you to I want to see this ceremony before I die <laughs> well they want to buy a place first <laughs> <laughs> so I said they need to prioritize so but the I thank the Lord that I am married to him. I mean, I had other opportunities, of course, and even when I said yes, I was a little hesitant, but I prayed about it, and the Lord knew what he was doing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. That's one of those things that has really changed, hasn't it, where you guys got married so young, you were in college, you didn't have jobs, you didn't know exactly where you were going to live or what you're going to do or how you're going to pay the bills. Um, and that was common back then and very uncommon yeah. now. Uh, yeah. People want everything checked before they kind of make that commitment. But mm -hmm. um, how did you handle that? Was that scary to kind of make that decision back then, uh, not knowing exactly how you were going to pay your bills and what you were going to do? 
Well, I just, what I was concerned about, if I chose the right man, <laughs> that, that's what I was worrying about. I guess in those days you got married and you work, you knew, you, well, we were from ambitious families. I guess I didn't worry about whether we could get a job. Of course, you didn't get much paid or right. anything. Right. But you worked those things out later. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we lived on uh, 25 cent macaroni dinner for, <laughs> from the PX. In the commissary. Wow. <laughs> 25 cents for a box of macaroni yeah. and cheese. I won't get you much macaroni nowadays. <laughs> and Vern over here, he never had any doubts about picking the right lady, sounds like. so. No. No. <laughs> uh, well, Vern, Darlene, thank you so much. It's been such a delight to talk to you today. Thanks for sharing your story. Anything else that you'd like to share with folks? Anything else that you'd like to say or share with folks? No, I don't think so. Just make sure that I you still have love. a deep commitment. Yeah, I still love her. <laughs> <laughs> and Absolutely. we're friends. Yes, I That's can That's important, too. That's obvious. <laughs> Well, happy Valentine's Day to you both, and good luck on your mystery trip coming up. Enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, we go and stay in a motel now, two nights. No, we're going to stay in a cabin. Oh. <laughs> hey, we stayed on the cabin on the McKenzie River. That was a great deal. Do you and your wife like things like that? Oh, yeah. Okay, on the McKenzie River, they have these old cabins. That was last summer, wasn't it? We did that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm AJ. I'm your uh, local Oddmos franchise owner. I'm Mike, co-founder of Oddmos. And we're the hosts of The Odd Pod, a podcast about life in the pizza industry. We're going to have on some franchisees. We're going to have some different vendors on. We're going to get a snapshot of what goes on behind the scenes in uh, the pizza world. Don't forget to tell them about the sports. They're sports. And the crazy wacky pizza that we have every Wednesday that we create. And we also have a special guest every week as well. And I'm Gage, Odd Pod senior sports analyst. Gage, who gave you that title? Me. Oh boy. Find us on Spotify and Apple Music and the Podbean. Now Here This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. Um, I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though.